and come on into service tonight. We're going to have an awesome evening together in the house of the Lord. Who's excited to be in church tonight? Amen. All right. It's going to be a wonderful evening. We had a great time this morning talking about being a grown-up. Who likes being a grown-up? Okay, that's, 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 yeah, you're, you're correct. It is hard, but it's okay. You know what? Uh, because it's a good thing when we start growing and accomplishing what the Lord has called us to do. So let's go ahead and stand up tonight. We are going to open up with speaking some faith over the United States because we're going to keep declaring that America is coming to Jesus. Can we get an amen tonight? All right, let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, give the Lord some praise tonight, and you may be seated. Right, got a few quick uh, reminders here. First of all, we're doing good tonight. Um, we have the brand new sound system in as we announced uh, last week, and we're making progress. But we just want to keep reminding you that we are a little bit of a learning curve. And so if you hear a little bell or whistle or <laughs> feedback, uh, hey, it's okay. We're aware. And we're getting better and better at this. So good job to our sound team. And they are making the adjustment quickly. Amen. All right. And also, um, for those that are live streaming, it's only on YouTube tonight because Facebook Facebook is just being sneakers, so it's not on Facebook tonight, but it is on YouTube, and so if you've got somebody that usually is going to be watching, tell them to go to our YouTube channel, it's just High Desert Word Center. Alright, hey, uh, Thursday night was pretty incredible, who was here for the National Day of Prayer? It was an incredible night. Douglas, can you put a few of those uh, pictures on the screen there? We got a few pictures from that night, but it was an incredible evening uh, getting to be together uh, here with lots of the other churches. And man, did we have a good time with the praise and worship. Who thought that was awesome? Amen. You go ahead and throw the other, next couple pictures up there, Doug. But it was just an incredible night uh, together praying with all the other Christians and taking communion. It was a packed house. And I just give a big thanks to all of you guys that helped out with it. And again, uh, it was not a High Desert Word Center event. Lots of churches uh, came together and, and made this happen. And so it was a beautiful evening of unity and faith and prayer and just awesome, awesome. Good job, everybody. All right, let's get into our announcements for uh, this week. Uh, first of all, we have the new lift group that started on Saturday called Help His Way. Amen. Yeah. And so we had a great turnout of that. It is, uh, well, hold on to your seats, it is at 7 a.m. on Saturdays, and I understand that that, that can be a real struggle for some people, but uh, this is classes uh, taking a look at getting healthy and taking care of ourselves a biblical way, God's way, and it's also a good support system uh, to come together as a group, hold each other accountable, and uh, Miss Rosalind is leading it, and 
And so they get together and do a uh, Bible study regarding this topic. Then they walked a couple miles around the property from what I heard. So they got some good uh, exercise time into. And then she's also doing like a daily devotion uh, throughout the week, uh, twice a week. Um, also to just keep you in the loop on it. So it's going to be every Saturday, 7 a.m., uh, meeting over there at Victory Hall. And we're starting off at a three-month thing. And then we'll see where to go from there. So anyway, great chance uh, to get involved and get connected and encourage each other. All right. Next thing is this Saturday is the Mother-Son Country Breakfast. So it's going to be at 9 a.m. in this building right here. And uh, this may be your last day to sign up. I don't know. Is it? Just about. Okay. Okay, she's got the sign-up sheet. So the cost is $6 for kids, $8 for adults. And so if you are a son, bring your mom. If you are a mom, bring your son. If you're something else, have a nice day. Love you, all right? So praise God, yeah. Amen. Uh, but that's this Saturday. And what's all this about? It's about the very next day is Mother's Day weekend, everybody. And so Sunday, this coming Sunday, is Mother's Day Sundays of the entire year. Uh, we are going to have a gift for every single mom that's in attendance. And we also have some special prizes uh, for the oldest mom, the most... Uh, newest mother. The, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, the newest mom that has the newest baby. And then uh, the mother that has the most children present with her in the service. Uh, it is a really fun and incredible day. There will be no p.m. service next week, so just keep that in mind. No p.m. service next week. Uh, we'll give all the moms that serve a nice evening off, because, uh, you know, they deserve that. Amen. And then one more reminder. Next Sunday, uh, and we're doing a silent auction for the Honduras trip. Uh, so there's going to be items uh, available that have a bid sheet with each item. And you list your name and your bid on there. Bidding can be made before church Sunday morning. And will be open again for about 10 minutes after the service. And some of the things include nail services from Heavenly Beauty Salon. Yeah. Ladies, huh? No? Okay. Uh, we're going to... Uh, uh, babysitting from some of the young ladies here at church. Uh, some professional artwork from Dylan Johnson. Uh, a photography session from Alex Church. And lots of other good things. So, there's some real good things on there. And, you know, and guys, if you're looking for some extra points with your wife, I'm just saying that babysitting thing could go a really long way. And some of you need it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I said it. Okay, so uh, I think that's all we've got for tonight. So who knows what time it is now? It is happy time. Amen. If you need an envelope for your giving, raise your hand and the ushers will get you an envelope. If you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. We're going to open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6 will be in the NLT. Matthew 6, I'm going to start at verse 19. I'm going to read a couple verses here. But Matthew chapter 6 starting at verse 19, and Jesus, believe it or not, he had a lot to say about finances and about our money, and some people think, well, he didn't care anything about that, well, he, he talked about it quite a bit, and so Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 19, I'm in the New Living Translation, 
Jesus said, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. And uh, Walter and I were just talking a minute ago. Hey, Peter said that this earth is going to be destroyed by fire you know, someday. And so uh, in the end, so I'm like, if you didn't have the nicest car in the world, isn't it? Just to be honest, it's going to like blow up and burn someday. So, praise God. Uh, verse 20, amen. I feel like I've got the gift of encouragement today. If you were here this morning, I would probably hit a few low blows there. But, and I, you know, I'm sorry about that. But verse 20. Story. Store your treasures in heaven where mobs and rust cannot destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. And so wherever uh, you have your treasure, man, wherever you're willing to put your money, that's where your heart is. And verse 24, I'm going to skip down to verse 24. Jesus says, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And so we said it, we said it this morning that money is a good servant to you if you use it the right way, but it's a horrible master. Amen. You don't want to serve money because it'll make you do things uh, against your beliefs. It'll make you do things against the Bible. But if you serve God first, you're going to say no to some financial things sometimes. But God always makes up for it in the end because he's always got better for you than what you thought for yourself. Can we get an amen tonight? Amen. All right, let's stand up together. And we will speak some faith over our tithes and our offerings. Then we're going to get into some praise and worship tonight. It's going to be a good night. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go.
Think about what he does for us day in and day out. Think about all the car wrecks you did not get into. You know, hallelujah. Thank you that, you know, the devil may have knocked on your door with sickness and disease, but Dave, you're here. Dylan's here. Pastor's here. Some of the rest of you guys were hit with heart diseases and stuff like that. You're here. Why? Because God is an awesome God. He's our healer. He's our deliverer. He keeps us safe. He gives us eternal life. He's awesome. Amen. So just always worship Him. Amen. Jesus' name. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm up tonight. That means I'm up to bed. Amen. My turn, but I didn't really know it was going to be my turn until this afternoon, so I have decided that I am going to teach us lesson tonight on God's will for healing. Now, first of all, I want to show you some books out of the bookstore. This book here, da da da, Christ the Healer by F.F. F. Bosworth is the textbook at Rainma Bible Training Center where Pastor David Katie graduated from. That's their textbook for healing. Awesome book. So, you know, if you want to keep up with what's going on with this, this guy has been gone for a long, long time, you know. He's been passed away. When did he pass away? Years ago. 1940s or something, whatever. But not only that, but then we have E.W. Kenyon, who has been gone for a long time, too. But Christ the Healer. Christ the Healer. You know, we still read these books because they're full of the Word and because they teach us those things that we need to know about the different subjects that we have. So, anyway, I recommend these two books on healing. We've got tons of other books back there on healing. And, uh, you know, you need to avail yourself of that. Let's open up with prayer and then we're going to get into the Word tonight, okay? Father, we come before you tonight in Jesus' name. And, Father, I pray, Lord, for us to be attentive to your Word. Open up our hearts and our ears, our eyes of understanding, that we can see things in your word tonight that perhaps we've overlooked before. Father, help us, Lord, in Jesus' name, to grasp this healing word that you have for us. Father, we just give you all the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So before I start, I just want to say that, yes, we are for doctors of medicine, so don't ever twist that and say that's wrong. So, yes, we are for doctors of medicine. But we go for Jesus first. Amen. Amen. Uh, back in Indiana, Pastor and I, at our church in Indiana, we had healing school every Wednesday morning at 10 o'clock for seven years. And we had people all over from the little town that we lived in that came to hear God's word on healing. And uh, it was pretty cool. You know, it was really neat. Pastor taught some, I taught some. And then Pastor's best friend, Gary Riggs, would come up from Indianapolis and uh, and he would teach on healing school. And uh, it was really great. So that was good stuff. So, I said I'd like to say this. We're going to be all over the Word tonight, so I hope you brought your your Bible, your pen, and your notebook. If you can't keep up with me, write the verse down, and then you know, catch up later, look it up later. So in healing school, um, and in just in life in general, especially in the Midwest, we don't hear this out here so much, Pastor Dave, people would say, one of the stupidest things I ever heard in Indiana was, but I don't know if it's God's will to heal me or to heal so-and-so. You hear that out here? I don't hear it so much out here. You ever hear that out here? I don't either. But I heard, I heard it a lot in Indiana. And uh, that just tells me that if they don't know if it's God's will to heal them or not, they're completely and totally ignorant of the Word of God. Right. Amen. Because this Word is very, very, very clear on God's will for healing. When Pastor Dave was a little fella and he was in Riley Children's Hospital, 
with the leukemia. They had a child, beautiful hospital. It was named after James Wickham Riley, the poet, if you've ever heard of him. Anyway, a beautiful children's hospital, one of the best in the nation, really. They had a chapel inside that uh, hospital, and Pastor and I would go down there sometimes, and they had this huge wooden pulpit like what you'd find out in the woods, and people would write prayers on it, and they'd leave them on the pulpit. And I think one of the most, the sad, one of the most saddest things that Pastor and I ever read on that big wooden pulpit was from a parent that said, I don't know if it's God's will to heal little Johnny or not, you know. And the boy, I mean, I just broke our hearts because we thought, it's God's will, you know. Man, if we, if we knew, if we could just spend some time with you, we could just show you God's will for your child, you know. It's not God's will for your child to die young of sickness and disease, you know. And then a few days later, there was there was another little note from those same parents that said, uh, thanks for your prayers, but little Johnny passed away, you know. And I thought, you know, if only they'd known. That's, that's what breaks our heart. That's why Pastor and I and Pastor Dave, Pastor Katie, and Pastor Josh and Julie were so strong on, on the Word of God. Because this is where your victory is. This right here. Any problem you have in life, here's your answer right here. You know, no word, no faith. I tell you that all the time. If you're not grounded in this Word, and I don't care what subject it is, I'm not talking about healing, but it's finances, your family relationships, your love walk, you know, whatever it is. If you if you have no word from the from here, if you have no verses that you're standing on, you don't have any faith. No word, no faith. Say this: no word, no, word. no, faith. no faith. So you can't go around saying, "Oh yeah, I have faith in God. I trust God." When you don't have any word, you're just you're just deceiving yourself, right? You've got to have word. Okay. Now you can't fight an enemy if you don't know who the enemy is. So, um, and the, all, all, all the author of sickness and disease is Satan. He's the author of sickness and disease, not God. And one day when I was getting ready to teach healing school back in Indiana, the Holy Ghost said to me, my children are lying on me and I don't like it. He said, my children, his kids, are lying on me and I don't like it. And I said, okay, Lord, what are you talking about? I mean, I just stopped me in my tracks because it was obviously God. He said, they are saying that I'm the one that's making them sick. And he said, I'm not the one that's making them sick. So, you know, I thought, man, that just broke my heart. It broke the heart. It breaks the heart of the Father. But he has his word, and believers ignore it. You know, you know the world ignores it. But believers, whole denominations avoid the subject of healing. And we're going to go over a bunch of scriptures tonight that show you, you know, man, it's here from cover to cover. I mean, golly, I'm just, you know, this is just the tip of the iceberg that I'm talking to you about tonight. So anyway, look at John 10, 10. We'll go there. John 10, 10. You should be able to quote it by now. You hear it enough in here. Pastor, I used to... He used to say, what does such and such of a verse say? And I'll say, uh, give me the first word. <laughs> okay, so what's the first word of John 10, 10? The. <laughs> anyway, John 10, 10. Okay. So, the thief, I'm reading out of New King James, but I've got to memorize in King James. The thief comes not, does not come except to, these are his jobs, Satan's jobs, steal, kill, destroy. That's his job, right? 
steal, kill, destroy. That's what Satan does. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. So if something is hitting you or your family, and if you don't know if it's God or Satan, you make yourself a piece of paper and you divide it down the middle and you put stealing, kill, and destroy it on one side, and you put life and life more abundantly on the other side, and then you pick which column it's coming from, and that's your clue, whether it's from Satan or whether it's from God, right? Amen. It's real easy, okay? Now look at this one. Old Testament, Hosea 4, 6. Towards the back of the Old Testament somewhere. There it is. Aha. It is right after Daniel. Hosea 4, 6. Now this ought to be a revelation to some of you. Okay, y'all there? Yeah. Did you say no or yes? You there? Yes. Yes. Okay. Hosea 4, 6. My people... He didn't say the world, did he? God said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Knowledge about what? Knowledge about the word of God. Knowledge about God's will. He says, because you've rejected knowledge, because you've rejected the word, you haven't spent time in the word, you haven't bothered to search all this stuff out, and I'll tell you something, the time to, to search and research and learn and get faith for healing is when you are not sick. Right. Because if you get sick or your children get sick, it's kind of hard to pay, play catch-up basketball or baseball or whatever because you're behind. So you're trying to shove and get faith because all of a sudden you've got a child that's ill or you're ill or something like that. And you have, what, is that? what does the word say? What does the word say? Not the time. Do it now while you're well, right? That's the time to do it. Then he says, I will reject you from being priests for me because you have forgotten the law or the word of your God. Now listen to this. I will forget, I will also forget your children. Now that used to just shake me down to my very core because I don't want God to forget about my children. And it's not that he's purposely forgetting about your children. He loves your children. But you are the ones who have authority over your children. So if you have not taken the time to get into this word and to know his will on healing, then your children are left out. You understand what I'm saying? You have no faith for your children is what I'm trying to say. And so it's not that God is purposely forgetting your children. It's that they're out in la-la land somewhere because you were too darn lazy to get into the Word and learn it and memorize it and get it into your spirit and get it into your heart so that you can live by it, so that you can have victory by it. So that your children, children, that kid right there. We didn't have to play catch-up baseball on this little fella got stricken with leukemia. We knew the word. Wasn't a doubt in our mind this kid was going to make it. You know, and he did. You know, you know the story. Two weeks later, it was a miracle. You know, he, he told me, he told me later, he said, Mom, I didn't jump off that bed. Something picked me up and placed me right on the floor. And he started running up and down that hallway, three and a half years old, singing, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider are kind of thrown into the sea. That's the song that he sang. And then he would go into another song. What was the other one? You remember? I don't remember. 
he doesn't remember. He would sing two songs, running up and down that hallway, you know. I mean, that was a miracle. Two weeks in. Were we surprised? No. Why? Because we know the healer. Now I want to tell you, there's, two, there's divine health where you're constantly walking in divine health. You're constantly healthy. And then there's divine healing when if you get sick, then he intervenes and, and the healing comes, right? So there's two things, divine health, divine healing. They're both good, right? Okay. So I just want to, just want to tell you that. But Hosea 4.6 is so plain. And that should rattle your cage if nothing does. My people are destroyed. Destroyed is a strong word. Who comes to steal, kill, and destroy? Yeah, Satan. So, in other words, Satan's allowed to get, get in because you're ignorant about God's word. Yeah. So I'm just challenging you tonight to don't be ignorant about this anymore. Hallelujah. You've got to know who your enemy is. You know, it's like a soldier. You know, soldier here in the front row. You got to know who your enemy is. You know, you can't go out there on the on the battlefield and oh, gee, which one's the enemy? You know, you got to know who your enemy is. Well, we know who our enemy is. The Word tells us it's Satan. He's our enemy. God is not our enemy. God is not the author of sickness and disease. He's the good guy. Got that? He's the bad guy. Simple, plain and simple. Okay, now let's let's look at some healing stuff. Open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 8. This is an awesome chapter. This entire chapter practically is filled with nothing but healing. It's so good. And I'm just touching the surface, okay? Because you can start in the Old Testament. And you can, let me just quote you in Exodus 23, 25. Uh, Lord, bless my bread, bless my, my water. Take sickness away from the midst of us. The number of our days, all my, we will forgive. No barren bones in the land. Hey, isn't that a healing scripture? It surely is. Okay, Matthew chapter 8. I'm past myself here. Okay. So, we're going to talk about the leper, first of all. The leper. Okay, Matthew 8, we're going to talk more in verse 1 through 3 here. When Jesus had come down from the multitude... Great multitudes, that means the people, followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. What's God's will? Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing. Be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Okay? He said, I am willing. There you got God's will right there. Piece of cake. There it is right there. He said, I am willing. So what's God's will for healing? Come on, people. What is God's will? I want to hear you. What's God's will for healing? It's his will to heal. He just said it. Jesus just said it. I am willing. Yes. Right there. There it is. That's just one, that's just one word that says that. Okay, well, let's look at uh, this centurion's servant. Let's look at verse uh, 5. A centurion is a soldier that has like uh, officers that has like hundred soldiers under him, something like that. That's why centurion, century hundred, you know. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, "Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented." Jesus said, "I will come and heal him." 
I will. Get the I will. I will. Say I will. I will. I will. Okay, come and heal him. Let's see. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not even worthy that you should come under my roof. But speak the word only. This is extreme faith. But speak the word only and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers unto me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes unto another, come, and he comes unto my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. This man said, you don't even need to come. I know it's your will, Lord. You don't even need to come if you would just say, if you just speak the word. But see, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be imitators of Jesus. We're supposed to speak the word only. Amen. We speak the word only. Okay, so how do you do that? So let's say, for instance, you get done. Well, 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 I just have to use him as an example. Okay. So when he was little, we would say, we didn't say he has leukemia. We said he was diagnosed with leukemia. But he's getting better every day. You've got to watch your words. If you, you know, you can buy it if you want to. You can buy your asthma, you can buy your allergies, you can buy your cancer, you can buy whatever you want to, just by the words out of your mouth. Just by what you, you own, you're owning it, you see what I'm saying? It's not your diabetes, it's Satan's. It's not your high blood pressure, it's Satan's. You understand what I'm saying? So, you know, you've really got to watch what you say, and you've got to learn how to say what's right. How do you learn how to say what's right? You learn to say what the Word says. So, and I'm getting better every day. So that's what we said to him. But he's getting better every day. And you may feel like, ugh, that doesn't matter. You're getting better every day. Hands have been laid on me, I'm getting better every day. You know, Pastor, you know, when he when he had uh, that uh, stage four blood cancer, he called for the elders of this church staff, and we anointed him with oil, and he said, now, don't pray for me again. He said, I don't want you to pray for me again. You've prayed for me once. If you, and from now on, we just thank the Lord that he's working. Because if you keep, if you pray the same thing the next day, it's like, well, God didn't hear me the first day. You're calling God a liar. God heard you the first day. He's not stupid. And he's not deaf. He's not dumb. He's not blind. He heard you the first time. So pastor did not need prayed for again. He just need thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, your healing power is working in pastor. Thank you, Lord, your healing power is working in Pastor David when he was a little fellow. Thank you, Lord, it's working, it's working, it's working, it's working. You don't want to take back what God has started, shut down the process, and have to start all over again. Right. Understand what I'm saying? Okay, so yeah, get this good, because this is good stuff, and it'll, it'll keep you alive, amen? <laughs> it'll keep you alive, it'll keep your kids alive. Amen. Okay, let's talk about uh, Peter's mother-in-law. We're still in chapter 8. Go down to verse 14. Now when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother, in other words his mother-in-law, lying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and served them. You know, we've got, we've got various, kinds, various, various examples here of uh, sicknesses and diseases. I'd say leprosy is kind of severe, don't you think? And then here this lady had a fever. It doesn't matter how great or how small, you know, the sickness or diseases. I learned this years ago. 
So say you're walking along minding your own business and all of a sudden you get a sore throat like that. Well, you can let it stay there and think, oh, I think I have a sore throat. Or you can lay hands on yourself and say, Satan, get off of my throat in the name of Jesus. I'm not receiving your sore throat. So you gotta, you got to nip it in the bud like right away. Yeah. You know, because if you let it linger, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. You understand? So you've got to nip it in the bud, nip it in the bud, nip it in the bud. You know, and if you have to, you know, like, like if you have to go to the ER ever, do it. If you have to call your doctor, do it. You know what I'm saying? Because God wants you to heal one way or another. Amen. So, you know, get healed. Amen. Get well. And then stay well. Okay. Okay. Now let's look at uh, Matthew 8. We're still in 8. Look at verse 16. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. You know that some sickness is caused by demons and not by physical stuff. And he cast out the spirits with his word, and listen to this, and healed all. How many did he heal? All. Doesn't say some, does it? Doesn't say a few. Let me give you an example of where Jesus couldn't heal them all. If you can think of that reference, Pastor Dave, real quick, shoot it to me. Jesus, there was one place that Jesus went to his hometown, and it said Jesus could not heal them because of their unbelief. Why was that so in that particular time? It was his hometown. They thought, that's just Jesus. He's Joseph's son. Who the heck does he think he is, you know? And so Jesus couldn't because of their unbelief. It wasn't that he had unbelief. It was because of their unbelief. You know, they just kind of, you know, yeah, get out of here, Jesus. You know, I mean, they did not receive him as the Son of God, as the Savior, as the Messiah, you know. They just thought, well, you're just you're just a kid down the street, you know. We saw you grow up. You know, we know your brothers and sisters, your mother, your father, you know. We're not going to listen to anything you say. So he could not, he could do therefore no mighty works. That's what it says in the Word. Therefore no mighty works. You can look it up yourself. Because of their unbelief. So we don't want to have unbelief. See, if you have, if you, you know, there's a scripture that says, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. You know, sometimes you believe, but there's a little, there's doubts there. But you know how you get rid of the doubts? You force feed yourself more word on the subject. Yeah, you just force feed yourself, okay? So, Lord, help, help, my, help thou my unbelief. I want to believe. Like when I first got baptized in the Holy Ghost back in 1976, because Ben was a baby, um, he was born that year. I had heard from these different denominations to think about, well, a couple of things. One was that tongues was of the devil, so you had to get rid of that lie. The other one was about the, you know, well, God will make you sick to teach you a lesson. Jump. So, see, I'd heard all that. I had to get rid of that. You know, sometimes it helps if you just come in straight sinner because you don't have anything to unprogram, you know. So I had to get rid of that. I had to deprogram, like your computer, deprogram all the doubt and all the unbelief. And I had to renew my mind, Romans 12. I had to renew my mind to the Word of God. What does the Word say? And drive out all that doubt and unbelief. So sometimes you have to do that too. Okay, so let's see. Where was I? I was in, uh, oh yeah, the guy. Okay. And he cast out the, the, uh, the man that was in the demon possessed. And he cast out the spirits of his Word to heal all who were sick. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. That's Isaiah 53. And it's also found again in uh, 1 Peter 
By his stripes we are healed. Pretty cool, huh? Amen. So, now let's look down at chapter 9. Let's look at verse 2. I'm going to say something. Jesus heals in various ways, too. See, I'm giving you a crash course. <laughs> this is like a seven-year course in 45 minutes, give or take. So, one way that he heals is lay his hand, you can lay hands on the sick, you can anoint with oil, speak the word only. You know, sometimes the Lord will say, just don't touch him. You know, if we're, we're praying in the prayer line, Lord, don't touch him. Don't lay hands on him. You know? So he, he can heal in different ways. So, you, you know, God's so awesome, he's a creator. You can't put him in a box and tell him, God, I want you to do it this way because, you know, he'll laugh in your face and say, hey, just because of God, I'm not going to do it that way. You know what I'm saying? Because he has his ways of doing things. You cannot put him in a box, but he has various ways that he does heal. I just wanted to say that while I was thinking about it. Okay, so Matthew 9, let's look at verse 2. We're going to go 2 through 7. Da, 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 da. So verse 1 says, He got into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own city. Then behold, they brought to him a paralytic, a man who was par paralyzed, lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you. And at once some of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemes. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say your sins are forgiven you, or to say arise and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. There's another instance, and I didn't write this down, so I'm just pointing it. In the book of Acts, it talks about how uh, there was a man who was paralyzed, and Jesus was at this guy's house. And there were so many people in the house that they couldn't get their friend in. Okay, so these, these guys, they brought their friend. He was lying on a bed. They couldn't get him into Jesus. But they had such, they, they had such great faith that they knew that if they could get this guy to Jesus, that he would be healed. So they went, they climbed on the top of the roof and they took the tiles off the roof. Can you imagine that? They made a hole in this guy's house. And they dropped him, they dropped him right down in there. You know, and then Jesus healed him. That is absolutely, he's, he's awesome, he's awesome. People are awesome too, because they get adamant enough that they grab this word either for themselves or their family, their friends, you know, and they don't let Satan get away with stuff. Okay. So I want to tell you a story about, uh, going to story time now. Uh, back, Pastor and I weren't married yet. And we used to go to hospitals and stuff together, pray for people. And he had this guy, before I married Pastor, lived in this house with this old lady upstairs. And then in the basement was a guy named Frank who lived in the basement. Well, Frank, because he chewed or smoked or did something, he developed uh, cancer in the mouth and he had his tongue was cut out. So we would go minister to him. So one day, Pastor and I went to the hospital to, uh, you know, visit Frank, to pray for Frank. And it just so happens that day that there was another quote-unquote minister there. It was obvious there was some denomination that doesn't believe in squat. And so he kind of took over, you know. And he said, yeah, he said, when I was a young man, 
God, cut off my foot in the lawnmower. What's wrong with that statement? You know, God didn't cut off his foot with a lawnmower. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, Pastor and I were just going, oh, man, the doubt and belief that Phil Everett was just... And unfortunately, the guy gravitated to that guy. So, you know, it's wise to choose who you hang with, okay? <laughs> it's wise to choose who you hang with. So, man, that, I mean, that was just like, that was one of those stupid statements. The Lord cut my foot off. He had, that man had no knowledge of the goodness, the mercy, and the will of God concerning healing from this word. So he opened up his mouth and showed forth his stupidity. Too bad, huh? Look at 3 John 2. Pastor Dave has been talking about 3 John 2 a whole lot lately. And you ought to have this memorized by now. 3 John 2. Right there, kind of before Revelation. Y'all there? Yes. Third John 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper, there's your financial stuff, in all things, and be in health, there's your healing, just as your soul prospers. He wants us healed, he doesn't want us poor. Right? Amen. I will. There. He said, I pray that you, that you, I pray that you prosper me in health, even as your soul prospers. Man, that's good stuff. Right there, will of God. Let's see what else we've got here. Oh, let's go to Mark 16. Last, last chapter in the book of Mark. I might as well start at uh, verse 15. This is Jesus talking. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They shall cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. Now, I always have to make a statement about this. That doesn't mean we're snake handlers. It just means like Paul in the book of Acts, he reached in the fire there and a viper bit him. And we learned from Julius and his son Jonathan, the vipers over in that part of the world are extremely deadly. Um, and he shook the thing off. He didn't, have, he didn't go around playing with snakes just to test God and see if you know, they could get bitten and not die. No, you don't do that. But Paul accidentally was bitten by a viper. He shook it off. And those people of that little island kept watching for him to die because they thought, well, you know, this guy's going to die. He didn't die. And they thought he was a god. He said, no, I'm not God. You know, Jesus is Lord. You know, that type of stuff. So anyway, so you don't handle snakes. And if they drink any deadly thing, that's a nice thing to pray over your food and your water, too. Do you know there's two reasons why you pray over your food? Number one is to thank God for it. Number two is to ask Him to bless it so it's not poisonous, so you don't get sick or die from it. 
okay? That's why it's important for you to pray over your food, okay? So, and if I drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them or they. They will lay hands on the sick, and they what? Will recover. Amen. So, you know, you don't you, you have healing power in your are you a believer? How many believers do we have in here? Are you a believer? If you're not, I, you know, we can lead you into prayer salvation, the end of the service, but you have the healing and of God in your hands. He just said, He said, they, meaning believers, that's you and me, will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's a powerful statement. Amen. So there you go, some more healing there. Okay, let's look at uh, Acts chapter 9. I just pulled some random healing things that came across my mind this afternoon that I thought about. I mean, there's there's just tons more. Uh, gotta get to Acts. Here we go, Acts Romans. Okay, we're going to be in Acts chapter 9. Okay. Let's look at verses 32 and 33. My subtitle is Aeneas is healed. Now these are, this is Peter. Now it came to pass, as Peter went through all parts of the country... Then he also came down to the saints who dwelt in Lydda. There he found a certain man named Aeneas, who had been bedridden for eight years. Wow, that's a long time. And was paralyzed. And Peter said, Aeneas, Jesus the Christ heals you. Arise and make your bed. Then he arose immediately. So all who dwelt at Lydia, Lydia Lyd, Lydia, however you say it, that Sharon saw him, and turn to the Lord. Pretty cool. Eight years, that guy. Eight years. Man. Okay, now look at this. This this gets even better. Okay, Acts 9 still. Go to verse 36. 36. We're going to go 36 to 42. At Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in the upper room. And since Lydda was near Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. And when he had come, they brought him to the upper room. And all the widows stood by, weeping and showing the tunics and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with him. But Peter put them all out. Why did Peter put them all out? Unbelief. Right. They were full of unbelief. All the people in the room were full of unbelief. Peter didn't need a room full of unbelief. Kind of like the day Pastor I went to see Frank and the other dude was there. You know? Unbelief was in the room. Peter did not need a room full of unbelievers. So it says he put them out. One, 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 get. I'll say something else. Okay, put that, put that, hold that screen. Okay, got that bell right there, that little screen there. I'm going to flip back over to Pastor Dave. When he was ill, um, Pastor has, he comes from a large family, so his brother John went to church with us, and so 
we stationed John down in the waiting room downstairs. And John knew the congregation like we knew the congregation. And pastor said, don't let anybody come up to the David's room who doesn't believe in healing. Don't let them come up. So his instructions were, John, if, you know, if they come up, you know, if they come to visit, say, thank you for your visit, but he's not having any visitors. You know what I mean? So we kept the doubt and unbelief far away from him. And you need to get a clue from that, too. You know, in Jesus' name, none of your children or you will ever be stricken with anything serious like leukemia. But the devil's bad, you know. And you've got to know, you have to know this right here. Right? You have to know this. If the Satan comes knocking on your door, you've got to know it. And you've got to be adamant about it. Were we being rude, heavens? No. We were not being rude one bit. You know, rudeness went out the window, good manners went out the window, you're not coming up to see our kid. Period. It was said nicely, but that was the general gist of it. You know, we don't want you, want you down to believe. So back to this, back to Tabitha. Okay, verse 40 again. But Peter put them all out and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. Then he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and the widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. So it was that he stayed many days in Joppa with Simon and Tanner. So in that pool. So we see all various realms of sickness and disease here. I mean, this one was dead, you know. And, and uh, Peter, let's say Jesus, Jesus, you know, Peter in the name of Jesus, whatever, you know, because these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. In my name, in my name. We're not the great ones, we're nothing. But through him, we're everything, right? So, um, you know, if, again, I want to say this to you. You have to examine your own heart. Do you have faith for healing? You know, do you? Do you? Okay, this is how you test this out. Now let me tell you something else. Faith leaks. You ever seen a bucket with a hole in it? Okay, it leaks. If you, if you, you know, let's say today you have a big full bucket of faith for healing, okay? Let's say you don't look at it for a while. Your bucket gets old and starts leaking. Your healing faith leaks out. So say today, Michael, something hits you and your faith for healing is high. And you say to the Lord, okay, Lord, do you want me just to stand on the word for this or do you want me to make an appointment with the doctor or go to the ER? You know? And the Lord will tell you what to do and you'll know in your heart whether your faith's strong today, you know, or if you need to go get some help, but still continue on, on in the word. You understand what I'm saying? So, someday, today, this week, you may be really strong in faith for healing. Next week, you may be extremely void of faith for healing, you know. You've got to know your own self. So, don't trick yourself. You know, don't presume, oh, i got to tell you this story. Okay. Okay. Uh, this past year was, I got contacted by this woman in Indiana who heard Pastor Dave's story. She was in the same Riley Children's Hospital, this is last year, with her uh, child. She 
pulled her child out of the hospital without the hospital's permission. And so who shows up? CPS. You know, that's called denying your children health. She was presuming. See, there's, there's a difference between presumption and faith. You've got to know the difference. You cannot presume that you have faith when you don't have faith. You understand what I'm saying? And it took her a long time to get that child back. Because, you know, hey, if you're not if you're not serious about serious about the health of your children, the government is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They will flat out take your kid if they think that you're not giving them the health care that they need. And that was the issue with this parent. So I mean that was really hard. So she's now, finally, I got fed up talking to this woman, and I just kind of just quit talking to her. I thought, yeah, come on, you know. <laughs> I, mean, I did. I said, you know, eh, I didn't answer her things after a while. I thought, you know, you are just ignorance gone to see, you know what I'm saying? So anyway, I just want to make one more statement, and then I'll close down here. For modern society as a whole, it's simple to take the short route and trust the modern medical system when you have health insurance. Understand what I'm saying? You know, so you come down with something, your first response should be to go to the Lord and pray. That's your first thing you need to pray. You don't call up the doctor and then after a while you think, oh yeah, I better pray, duh. No, the first thing you do is you pray. And then if you have to call the doctor, whatever, or go to the ER, then you do. But when Pastor and I had our little batch, we had no insurance most of the time. In fact, when this fellow was born, it took me four years to pay him off because we had no insurance. <laughs> we had, luckily, I mean, we were blessed because we had a spirit. Huh? I was worth it, right? What? Was I worth it? Well, yeah, you were worth it. I paid $25 a month for four years, and finally on his fourth birthday, it was paid off. But we were blessed to have a spirit-filled doctor, and she did not charge us anything. She, she, she canceled her bill, but we still had to pay the doctor. And here's another tip for any of you people that are having children. Okay, it was like uh, 12.59 when we, when we went to the hospital. Wait until one after one, okay? Because they'll charge you for the whole day. You got that? Did you get that? I thought you were the whole day. So although there was one minute left to go to the next day, they charged us the whole day before. Anyway, but because, because we did not have insurance, we had to rely on this, which is a really good thing, okay? So don't be a modern, I can't think of a name to call you. Don't be a modern whatever. And not count on God first, but count on the easy way out, your insurance. You understand what I'm saying? You get where I'm coming from. Because there may be a time when you don't have that insurance. There may be a time when, you know, nobody has anything. You know, we don't know what's coming down the pike. But our pastor used to tell us, and when we were in Indianapolis before we even became pastors, you never know what's going to happen in the world. You've got to have faith for food. You've got to have faith for shelter. You've got to have faith for, for healing. Amen. You've got to have faith, faith for all that stuff. Just in case something comes down the pike. Look what happened in Ukraine. You know? 
And I'm going there, amen? So I just want to close with that. Jesus first, and then go to your your medical things if you need that after that. Okay, so did anybody learn anything? Okay, so is anybody going to be a doer of the word? And not a hearer only, receiving your own self? Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. Praise God. Did anybody receive from the Word of God this evening? Amen. That is one of our major focuses around here is the topic of healing. So you're going to hear that very often at this church. But it's a good thing that you are learning that because when the time comes that you may need that, hey, it's good to be prepared. All right, well, I'm going to have Tom play some music for us tonight, but if you need prayer tonight, we'd love to be in agreement with you and lay hands on you and see the Lord work in your life. So if you need prayer, come on up. We'll uh, we'll be in agreement with you. And if not, just take a few minutes there to talk to the Lord on your own. Amen.
those things out tonight. I just remember that service is Wednesday at 7, and this weekend is Mother's Day weekend. We want to celebrate real big. And so Saturday is the mother-son breakfast, and Sunday morning is just a wonderful Mother's Day extravaganza celebration. <laughs> and then there's no service next Sunday night, so keep that in mind. Amen. Let's go ahead and close in prayer, and we will do our Barstow Faith Confession. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we have seen in the Word of God tonight. And Lord, we just, we're grateful that you gave us so many stories and examples of your healing power for us to look at and receive faith for healing. And Lord, we know that it is true. Matthew 8, 17, Jesus took our sickness. He removed our disease. And so we claim that and we receive that. And we're going to walk in that in this life, Lord. We thank you for it. And as always, we ask that you would use us the rest of this week to bring you glory and to show your love to those around us. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Can everybody say amen? amen. All right, let's speak some words of faith over Barstow. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll see you next week.